My friends, hello. Welcome back to the Pipeline Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things Snohomish County Fire Service related and beyond. Before we get into the podcast, I have, a, have an ask for you guys. If you have a call that you went on that you thought was interesting, if you have an experience that you want to share with our members, with uh, members of Snohomish County Fire Departments, I uh, just want to sit and talk shop, talk about engine stuff, talk about truck stuff, talk about teaching, anything like that. I'd love to sit down with you. I'll make it easy. I'll come to you. I'll bring you coffee. We can hang out, shoot the shit. Uh, this usually takes about anywhere from 30 minutes to a half hour. Uh, and it's super easy. It's just a conversation. So reach out to me and let me know. You guys have uh, my contact information through the union app, or you can reach me via interdepartment mail, that kind of thing. I'll come to you. It'll be fun. So today's guest, I wanted to talk to him because he had what in my eyes is not a bread and butter fire. It is a fire that uh, I feel there's a lot of information that we can learn from, especially for some of our junior members, um, because it wasn't a pull up, stretch a line, go inside, put the fire out, high five, everything's all good. Uh, It was a little different and there's some some cool points that Alex talks about that uh, I, I learned something. I walked away with something that I'll keep in mind next time I go to a job. But anyways, today's podcast guest is Alex Fatkin. Alex has been a firefighter with Snohomish Regional Fire and Rescue, excuse me, Snohomish Regional Fire and Rescue since 2018, where he first started his career, I believe, at Station 76 and is now at 72 on Bravo Shift. He's a former District 26 resident, and that's where our paths first crossed. He's a passionate firefighter, pretty good uh, wake surfer, good snowboarder, and a aspiring rental slumlord. Please enjoy this episode with Alex Fatkin, and I hope to see you all on the big one. This is my first residential fire. Engine 82, ladder 1, engine 66, engine 68, aid 86, medic 86, medic 82, aid 82. Do you have any Perry stories? Perry? Perry Taylor? Where oh. Taylor? Taylor Perry? Um, let's see. I mean, just the fact that he's just a fucking goofball. Savage. Yeah. No regard for human life or (laughs) people's Uh, feelings, anything like that. We were actually on 882. I was on a debit, and then he ended up picking up an overtime one day. This was over the summer. Hmm. This was actually a couple weeks before this fire. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, he took overtime at 82, and because we normally work at the same station, we never get to work on the same rig. So this was the first time in like nine months of working together that we were on the same rig. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were getting our ass handed to us all day. I think by 1 a.m. we had ran 13 calls. Yeah. But at like 8.30, we get dispatched for a, a fire residential in Snohomish, right behind the McDonald's. And... Uh, the engine had gone out to granite for a fire. So like as we're, and they didn't go to Snohomish with us. It was just us and the medic unit. And while we're bunking up, I just yell like, it's our turn boys, it's our turn. (laughs) And we smoked the medic unit out of the the bay. He's he's driving, I'm the officer. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Thompson was our LT that day. Oh, man. Fuck, he's like, yeah. I think you guys burnt rubber peeling out of the, turning onto market. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, we were third, almost second due into Snohomish. So I'll let you figure out that yeah. and how, but yeah, good for you. <laughs> 83 was coming down, uh, Machias and I'm following them on the map and Snohomish, they were running other calls. I'm like, we're either going to be second or third due on this. And it got upgraded to a working fire, <clears throat> new roundabout in, uh, by Costco mm-hmm. just hops right over that. <laughs> um, but we ended up being close to second we pulled in like right behind 83 they uh-huh. barely beat us but we got out super quick and we parked well super far away from the eight car we run up and you know 882 level one and then we get called back uh hey it looks like we're gonna be here a while from command uh why don't you set up uh medical um, and we are the second crew ready to work like packs on hands, uh, hand tools in the front yard, ready to work. And we get signed medical and there's flames shooting out of the roof still. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Nope, no, we're not. I'm like, Perry, come on. So we run to the BC rig and kind of learned this from uh, the tactics class at surfer. Uh-huh. And they said, it's all about mentality and you know, if, if you want, if you want work or we'll give you work again, this is a district four battalion, mm-hmm. but I'm like, might as well try it now. So we went up to the BC rig and I'm like, chief 882, you know, medic 82 is about to be right behind us. We're ready for work. We want to work. Can we go work? Mm-hmm. And here, there's someone in, the, in his passenger seat and he kind of like looks at me. He looks over and leans in to the, his other guy and he goes, yeah, I'll put you guys on deck alpha. And I'm like, all right, we're out. And then as we're running back up, um, he attached us to fire attack. Oh, yeah. Sick. Okay. So we went from second due to medical to assisting with fire attack. Mm-hmm. And then medic 82 ended up getting medical. Like oh, that makes yeah. a little bit more well, sense. <laughs> that's fair. They can, yeah, yeah. They can do their medic things. That's cool. But, I haven't heard that story. But uh, it was just couple goofballs mob into a fire in yeah. the eight car it's like uh being <laughs> back up in the valley yeah a little cowboyish, yeah. but that's how you kind of get shit done but yeah man um car i just talked with carg and he uh fisher texted me and i wish i could remember who it was but there's a guy that always says don't miss fires yeah go to fires yep. do work and car <clears throat> carg stands like do overhaul yeah. Do your ass get, go learn stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, we just don't run enough fires. No, no. You got to make, make it worth it. We can go. I think we did every task on that fire. We helped with yeah. fire attack. We did primary search upstairs. We did salvage. We did overhaul. And then we left. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then slept from like two to seven. Dude, that's a win on 882. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, nice. Um, so we'll start things off. Uh, Today on the podcast, we have Alex Fatkin, Bravo 72 member. Yes, sir. Uh, Alex, uh, real quick before we do this, to preface this, uh, this podcast does not reflect the views of Snohomish Regional Fire and Rescue, Snohomish County, and fire departments. It's our views, our time. So speak freely, swear, do whatever you want. It doesn't bother me. People can (laughs) 
fuck off if they don't like it. <laughs> um, so real quick, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you started, when you got hired, like those kind of details. Yeah. Uh, so graduated high school and I moved into Gold Bar three months after I graduated. Um, they kind of took a chance on me. I was a trial guy. I moved into the station with no EMT cert, no fire cert, hadn't been through anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sent me through EMT school, through Fire Academy, got my certs there. And uh, I ended up spending three years there total. And I was there for two years as a resident. Um, I worked part-time at District 7 for about a year and a half. And then part-time at Lake Stevens for about eight months, I think, before I ended up getting hired. So ended up having three fire jobs all at the same time and it was busy but uh within those three years it was great um i wasn't getting enough aid calls up in the valley and i knew if i was getting hired at district seven part-time i'd be on 831 Mm -hmm. so i needed that ems experience um and i got it for sure (laughs) and then working at lake stevens was good um so busy that I didn't get a ton of time there and a ton of shifts in. Um, but it got my foot in the door at Lake. And then of course everyone merges and now I'm kind of back where I started. So it kind of came full circle, but, um, yeah, the super fun times up in gold bar, I worked my way up to, uh, you know, acting driver, acting officer, Mm -hmm. rope tech up there, swift water. Um, and then ended up pulling some volunteer shifts after I was off probation at Lake Stevens. And yeah, yeah. outside of work, I mean, I just got married. Um, I love snowboarding, surfing, being outside in the sun, mm-hmm. just having some stuff outside of work as well. Yeah, for sure. It's super healthy. Yeah, uh, it's needed. Dude, for sure is. Got to have balance. Can't all be about work. And uh, this is, everyone knows it's an amazing job. But you gotta have balance for sure. Yeah. yeah. Keep your sanity. Exactly. Um, who was your generation of residents? Ooh, uh, kind of had some quick turnover. So when I first moved in, uh, my senior resident who I was assigned to uh, was Andy Lauer. He is at South County now. Mm-hmm. Um, once he moved out, it was Cole Nevis. He's also at South County. Mm-hmm. And then Parker Andrelinus was there living with me, South County guy as well. Um, Hovel, Stitch, those guys I got hired with. Nadia, mm-hmm. um, lived with Nadia for a little bit. In and, Gold in, Bar? Or yeah, Index? Okay. in Gold Bar. Cool. Um, and then kind of had some quick turnover. Uh, Probably right after I got off probation there, we were getting a big group of, of guys coming, mm-hmm. and that was the... That was the, like, Peter Yeah, and Peter okay. Anderson. Oh, my buddy AC. Yep. AC. Yeah, he was a little uh-huh. bit before them. Okay. Um, yeah, Anderson, Nick Davey, mm-hmm. and Taunty, Quinn Evans, who just got hired here. Yep. All those guys. Carson. Cool, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm biased, of course as fuck, but like <laughs> looking at the products that came from that program is 
pretty cool. There's a bunch of yeah. ass kickers and really, really good dudes. Yeah, they definitely breed a, a pretty good culture up there. And I think uh, if you look at a lot of the guys that come there, it's aggressive and, you know, do what you can and mm -hmm. leave it better than you found it. And, mm -hmm. you know, all those guys I named are solid dudes. Yeah. And I definitely miss living with them. Mm -hmm. That was the funnest part, but working with them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Let's get into this. Um, so let's uh, chat about your fire. Um, this was, uh, remind me of the time of year. Was it like July, August? Uh, it was actually September, uh, September 20th. Okay. Yeah. We have uh, Chief Putnam trying to reach in and grab some proby treats here. <laughs> uh, September 20th. Okay. I last I, year last year yep of 22 mm -hmm. um 23 23 my bad We're it's been a while now. It's, <laughs> things have yeah moved along quickly <laughs> uh I went searching for this fire in CAD uh -huh. or in uh, New World had a hard time finding it and then was going to do the records request and mm. then they hold on to things for uh six months so I would put in the request so hopefully oh. it'll, maybe get the traffic we'll see yeah um well uh i got most of the cad notes i ended up taking a picture oh, of them, so that works okay yeah. so real quick so september 20th um you're on the engine yep engine 72 okay uh who's your crew that day uh chris harrett was there on either debit or overtime he was my lt and then todd epler was my driver he's my normal driver mm -hmm. had been working with him for about almost 10 months at that point um, and the medic unit that day was Brett Bergeron. He's my normal medic. And mm -hmm. then I think we had Audgers. It might've been Audgers that day. Dual medic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perry was gone. Okay. Was Perry at like 73 or was he just... Oh, he was on 880, 833. He showed up late. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, solid crew. Yeah. Super solid crew. And for those that don't know, because I didn't know this, I only knew Corey as a medic, but like Corey was a dragon slayer. Oh yeah. He, yep. He was a, definitely a firefighter before he became a medic and Burge is an awesome dude. All solid guys. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, what was your dispatch? Um, so it came out as fire residential, was not confirmed. Pause. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, so getting back into this thing, sorry. No, you're good. Citizens, uh, we had to go serve the citizens. So, we were talking about your fire, and uh, you were pulling up the cabinet. So, what were you dispatched to? Yeah, so um, we were dispatched fire residential, not confirmed. It was uh, engine 72, which, which was what I was on, engine 73, and battalion 71. Okay. And I... Real forget. quick, sorry, I forgot. What was our general uh, location for this incident? Yeah, I was actually just trying to find that. I think it was... Uh, 72's first due, right? Or was it 72's? Yeah. It was... Uh, oh, gosh. Um, it was in between 72 and 73. 
uh, I want to say it was off 43rd. I could be completely wrong. Okay. Um, but it was, uh, I want to say it was pretty, pretty dead nuts in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a coin flip of who would have got there first, but had Todd driving. So of course we were going to be first, but, uh, ripping. yeah. So, um, dispatch fire residential and then it came out as a trailer on fire. Mm-hmm. You guys going to join? You can sit down. Are you editing this? Yeah, I'll edit. Come sit down. <laughs> you can come. I mean, I'm gonna do minor edits, but you can sit and just kind of hang out, see what this is all about. Freshly promoted Lieutenant Joe Bernard in the room, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So trailer on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, when I heard trailer, I was thinking like a RV or a fifth wheel or something like that, and ended up being a mobile home. Mm-hmm. And it came out that 25% of it was involved, and uh, we were probably in route for 30 seconds before Grace, who was on battalion, um, this was his first fire. Mm-hmm. So he saw the 25% involvement, upgraded it to a confirmed response, and then we got uh, the rest of the alarm. So we probably had a total of two minutes ahead of everyone else okay. besides 73. And... Uh, Pulling down the road, um, gets upgraded to confirmed, head down this gravel driveway, and from the main road, you could see the see the fire, and mm-hmm. um, it looked like just an exterior fire from a couple hundred yards away. We show up, the road kind of splits, and then family's kind of standing outside, and we had to ask them, like, right or left, because it was super dark, tall trees, mm-hmm. couldn't see anything. Um, Pointed us down the right way and uh, just quick communication with Todd of, hey, if I don't say anything, then I'm pulling the inch and three quarter. Um, Just limit communication by the time the air brake sets. So uh, we get out and it looks like just an exterior fire um, on the Alpha Delta corner and get out, grab my irons, um, and then there was a carport right where we parked Mm -hmm. and kind of hoarder conditions outside the house, just junk everywhere. So grabbed my bundle and I grabbed another tab because I knew I was going to have quite a few friction Mm -hmm. points. Um, Real quick. Do you pull cross lay or cross lay? Okay. Yeah. Short offset. Probably. Uh, yeah. Well, because of all the friction points, we actually ended up dumping the bed. Oh, okay. Um, and, Todd had to extend it 50 feet because I stretched all the way to the Alpha Delta and we're Mm. parked on Alpha Bravo. Mm -hmm. Um, So did my stretch and I was kind of getting to my breaking point of like being able to do this stretch on my own. And as I was passing the front deck, I just tossed my irons up there. That way I had, now I have two hands Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm trying to, work these friction points and right as I'm going around the last one, I get caught, but the homeowner came through and he pulled it off, finished the stretch. Um, Harrod's doing his 360, uh, wide open yard, just did a V split back. Um, got my water, knocked it down and you know, it was 
it looked like an exterior fire, knocked it down. Flames were probably 15 mm -hmm. feet above the roof line and then darkened down pretty quick. And I'm thinking this is, okay, this is what I expect. We're going to go pretty in. Pretty standard. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go in, we're going to go right, and we're going to see if there's any fire in there. Mm -hmm. Thinking this is probably going to be somewhat of what we would think of a bread and butter fire. And mm -hmm. it turned out it was definitely not. So... Yeah. So by you hit it exterior, yep. you guys were getting ready a stage to go interior. Was it still just you guys and Grace or? Yes. So by the time we were probably getting ready to go in, uh, 73's LT and firemen were coming up the driveway with their tools and their assignment. Mm -hmm. um, Grace gave them a vent profile. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't know what kind of structure it was because of how blocked the house was from everything and how mm -hmm. dark it was. So he didn't know if it was an actual trailer. He didn't know if it was a mobile home or an actual house. So, mm -hmm. um, he, he assigned 73 vent profile. They came up with their tools and, um, by the time they were looking, they said no go on vent. Mm -hmm. So, uh, me and Harriet go in and immediately met with like I wouldn't call it high heat but it was moderate mm -hmm. um, and I was I remember thinking like this is oddly warm in here like this shouldn't be this warm for mm -hmm. just an exterior fire um, smoke down to the ground but I knew where the fire was go in go right um, go through the living room and then real quick you open the door locked yeah. or unlocked 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 okay what did you see when you opened the door uh, nothing. Nothing. It was smoke it was, to the floor. Yeah, it was okay. dark. It was turbulent. It wasn't wispy or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was kind of angry in there. Okay. And then, uh, moderate heat. I would say like gear got saturated really quick. Mm -hmm. Like before we even made it halfway to the end of the house, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was like, this is kind of warm. It wasn't burning or anything, but yeah. you've been in a hot box for a while. Yeah, one of the burn boxes, but kind of felt like that and i just remember thinking like this is oddly warm for a mobile home and i don't see any fire yet mm -hmm. so i go down and i finally get to like the hallway where the bedrooms are on the delta side and i look up and then that's when i see flames coming out of a door and i'm like okay there's a the fire room we're gonna i'm gonna do a hit and move and then push it back and then we'll be good to go Mm -hmm. Go in, fires out. So, knock the fire down, um, hit and move, fire, and I go to move forward, and then I'm blocked by a bed. But there wasn't a door that I came across. So, mm -hmm. the their bedroom that they had, they ripped the door off, and again, I can't see anything, so I don't know what kind of room I'm in. I'm thinking I'm still just going in a hallway, but yeah. I ended up going into a bedroom. Hmm. The bed blocked me. I had to set my line down and move the bed so we had a straight shot. And then by the time the I had moved the bed and picked the nozzle back up, I had fire up and over my head again. Knocked it down, moved forward, and then I make my turn into the fire room and I see fire below me. I'm like, this is hmm. weird. And I'm like, okay, we have a hole. There's a hole in the floor. Um, and I can see fire coming up from underneath the house and 
I hit down in the hole, I hit up top and I'm trying to knock it back mm-hmm. and it is not wanting to go out. So the actual seat of the fire had gotten under the house and had burned a hole in the floor and was coming up. So I was nowhere near the seat. Mm-hmm. I was just knocking back and then it was back on. Yeah, it was so, just rebounding super quick. Um, every time I'd shut down, it would flash again. I'd fire up above my head. Mm-hmm. So I backed out probably 10 feet back into the hallway. And I told Herrick, because he was healing me, and I said, we have a hole in the floor, and I don't know where the seat is, besides mm-hmm. that it's under me. <clears throat> While <clears throat> all this is going on, uh, Stickney, who was second due on 73, mm-hmm. they were assigned uh, vent profile. They're reporting flames through the roof, which is different than what we had going in. Mm-hmm. They had fire on the Charlie side, fire involvement in the crawl space. And then about 30 seconds after that transmission, he got back on again and said, another room has flashed on the alpha side. Holy shit, dude. So, and this is where it's like, okay, this is getting warm. Nothing's changing. It's actually getting worse. And, uh, told Harriet, like, I don't know where it's at. Like, I can't, I can't make any headway on this. So he had his, his tick and we camped out in that hallway. I'm just sitting on the line flowing. And I think we did three, uh, flows of like 10 to 15 seconds each. And he's holding the tick right in front of my face. Cause I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching my stream go. It's knocking back, shut down after 10 or 15 seconds. And then you can see on the tick, it's back right on us. So, um, and now after, like after that third one, when I was flowing, uh, that was when my hands started burning. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like this, like, what more do we need to do or see or feel for us to realize that we probably shouldn't be in here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had fire getting worse. We didn't know where it was. We had a hole in the floor. There ended up being two. Um, and my hands are starting to burn. I'm like, all of the red flags are going off, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to back out. Like, yeah, you don't want to give up. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do it, but it was the right call. So after that third flow, my hands started burning and Stickney got on the, on the air and was like, we have another, uh, room fully involved on the alpha side. And I'm like, where, where is it? Because I don't see anything. Mm -hmm. Like all I see is that one room that I initially was fighting. Mm -hmm. There ended up being another door right next to us, but couldn't see it. And there was no fire in there when we first went in the house. So, um, I called back to Harriet and said, back out. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, and him and I will agree on this. Um, the, the radio transmission and kind of that communication was we're not backing out because it's defensive. We're backing Mm -hmm. out because we can't hit the seat. Like we need to have a better access point. Um, but that got lost in translation over the radio. We ended up going defensive was never like a true defensive fire. Like 
we shouldn't be in there. It was just, mm -hmm. we have no access. <clears throat> so we backed out and I walk out the front door and look to my left towards the, the Delta side. And that room is ripping. The one I'm, that you were in that bedroom? No, different one. Oh. I'm like, that was not that happening. Going, yeah. <laughs> that was not there when I went in. So we go back out. By this time, 73 has a second line, and they're helping me uh, shoot water in that window. We knock it back, pull some skirting off, and uh, the crawl space is ripping. So okay. we ended up having fire below us, to the side of us, in front of us, and above us, mm -hmm. which is why it was so hot. Um, and I was listening to Berg's story about his flashover mm -hmm. in a mobile home. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, kind of makes you think that mobile homes should not be just like, oh, it's just a mobile home fire. Mm -hmm. Like, we're good. No, those, they, they're going to burn faster. It's going to burn faster in our, the st structural, quote, yeah. structural members, right? Like, yeah. they're, they're not what we're used to in a residential setting. Yeah. It's like, way smaller. I think we went in after everything was out, and the beams for the roof is, like, the same material we use for forcible entry. Yeah, just little two-by-twos. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... That you can only imagine what's inside the walls. Mm -hmm. So, plus, then in addition to all that, you're looking at what the actual mobile home is made up of of plastics, like yeah, some pretty gnarly material that's hot for us and yep. burns quickly. Yeah. Um, so we we backed out, got water back in, knocked it back, and then went back in and finished the job. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean that's kind of the sequence of, mm -hmm. of everything. Um, medic 72, they were assigned primary search when they showed up. They must've been fourth. It okay. might've been fourth due. Um, I think the third due rig was another engine and mm -hmm. they were assigned water supply that a pretty long lay. Mm -hmm. Um, medic 72, they were in the front door, maybe 15 feet before we were backed out. And okay. like, Burge's helmet in there for 15 seconds was smoked. Mm -hmm. um, how'd your, I was going to ask, how did your gear look? Um, gear, like my bunker gear was fine. Mm -hmm. My helmet was pretty toasty. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was that toast that does not rub off. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you can't put simple green on it. You can't clean it. Like it was caked on there. Mm -hmm. It looks like a... A burn box helmet, yeah. 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 So, okay. Um, it was it was fucking hot. Yeah. And, and how uh, invisible damage to your gloves? Uh, no, no, okay. no. But you know, it's all uh, relative of when people say, "Oh, that was the hottest fire I've ever been in," mm -hmm. or "That was the biggest fire I've ever been in." It's all relative for, mm -hmm. based on people's experience. But you know, I haven't been doing this too long, but. That was the hottest I've ever been in to the point where I was like, we should probably back out and reevaluate this. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it was the right call. I think Herit, Herit was saying it was the right call. Um, just some communication stuff. Um, one thing I learned big time <clears throat> was, uh, you know, some people will say, oh, you're, you're the fireman, like keep your radio down because I don't want to squelch when I try and talk to command. Mm -hmm. 
fair, but I'm not going to turn it all the way down. And, uh, you know, Herod's 15 feet behind me healing me. And if I didn't have my radio on and listening, I wouldn't have heard that there was fire to the roof. I wouldn't have heard that there was fire under me. Another room had flashed. Like if I didn't have that information, I would have, wouldn't have been able to piece everything together and then make an educated decision on back out and reevaluate. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, I love it. I mean, you just answered, like, I have the list I sent you of questions, <laughs> like, you just ran through. I didn't even have to talk to you. It was awesome. Uh, no, I love it. Um, so just to, to kind of recap some things before I ask you some other stuff, uh, radio, like, what did you learn? Ultimately, like, keeping your radio up, ability yeah, to I be mean, flexible. Yeah, uh, it just kind of confirmed my beliefs on that, the radios of, yeah, I'm going to keep it down so you can do your job and you can hear and we're not going to squelch, but I'm not going to turn it all the way down because I need to be able to hear some information too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else, uh, exterior fires and every fire in a mobile home, pull some skirting and check under there mm-hmm. super quick. Um, Yeah. Those are probably the biggest things. Okay. Do you know how, uh, sorry, I'm just revisiting some stuff in my head, but do you know, so like you guys pulled up, uh, you pulled your line. Do you know how long you guys were on tank water for? And I'm assuming you did two engine at some point or did you get straight to hydrant? Uh, 73 came in and did two engine attack. Uh Uh-huh. And I think by the time they supplied us we were pretty close to empty yeah so you'd been flowing for a bit yeah okay which is like flowing inside on a mobile home for that long it's a lot of water it is a lot of water and we're definitely not hitting the seat Mm -hmm. because you know it wasn't a huge one it was a double wide but we should be making headway on this and we weren't Mm -hmm. so 73 showed up perfect timing got us some more water and then once we knocked down the, <coughs> once we knocked down that fire room on the alpha side, and the crawl space, that's when we actually made some headway on mm-hmm. it. Once you started to get knock and yeah, push it back. okay, cool. Uh, let's see here, man. Where'd Perry come into play? Did he just show oh. up super late? And yeah, didn't get Perry, a job or what? Perry came. Uh, it was really fun having him show up on eight thirty-three and then just <laughs> finish overhaul for us. So thank you for that, Perry. Uh-huh. Um, he might have taken my blood pressure as well. Nice. Out in rehab. I imagine you're all <laughs> hypertensive and <laughs> tacky. just a, just a smidge, but uh-huh. um, yeah, I think him and uh, who was it? Gilbert, him mm-hmm. and Gilbert came in and mm-hmm. they did a bunch of overhaul for us. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> right on. Uh, kind of getting into the nuts and bolts of it, but very, in, in my eyes, like interesting fire, like something to learn a lot from. And that's why yeah. I want to talk to you about it because so many times we hear about like, oh, dude, we crushed it. Went in the front door, went up the stairs with a hit and move, mm-hmm. got to the top, pushed it back. And fire goes good. out. Yeah, exactly. Fire <laughs> goes out. We don't get to, especially for, I mean, shit, like us, like guys that are pretty young in our career, right? Like we don't get to hear about the times it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And if 
hopefully one person walks away with hearing this and clues them into like, okay, like exactly everything you said, like we're getting rebounds super fast. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? Like it's really hot. We're not doing anything. Okay. Maybe we need to reevaluate and and jump back. Like that's a fucking win, which is awesome. Um, but, uh, what's something that you would change with the way this, um, fire went, um, obviously, I mean, I think you guys did a great job. Like you adapt, like you said, you adapted all the time. Like you're trying to constantly evaluate, but what's one thing that you would pull the skirting before we would go in? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we would have pulled the skirting before and saw the fire, knocked it back, that probably would have eliminated half of our issues. And then, um, there was, uh, there was some water supply issues for that second line that was delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that hadn't happened, they would have gotten water on in the crawl space earlier. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then maybe we wouldn't have happened to have to back out, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, shit happens and, yeah. Um, that was, that's probably the one thing I would change. Mm-hmm. Um, and Herit and I talked about that as well. Um, he's like, yeah, I wish we would have pulled, pulled that and checked it before. So, mm-hmm. um, and I had like a m- couple of weeks before this, I had a fire first due on 881 actually. Mm-hmm. Oh damn. bro. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was another mobile home and I remember going in and thinking it was just a small kitchen fire, but this is, why is this so warm? Like, mm-hmm this it it didn't feel right Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay mobile homes burn hot (laughs) and fast (laughs) yeah for sure okay um what uh what's something that went well in your eyes or if you and Harriet talked about it yeah what went well in the grand scheme of things and with how difficult that stretch was i thought it went really well Mm um i had four friction points before the front door so and in the dark and there was shit everywhere in the front yard trying to Mm -hmm. go around chicken coops and all that kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. i thought the stretch actually went really well i had enough hose um i thought communication with herit went really well Mm -hmm. um props to him for you know trusting me and uh trusting my judgment on what i'm seeing and then going with my call and i think that's something that we do well is we give a lot of uh responsibility to our firemen Mm -hmm. to make decisions on their own um and it goes with just working with your lieutenants uh on and being on the same page as them and having them trust you to choose the right line where to go and what size and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, if Harriet was in the front seat and he has to turn around and say, I need an inch and three quarter off this side, pulled to the Alpha Delta corner, like that just adds more to him. Mm-hmm. And if us as firemen can take that pressure off our lieutenants, it's going to make their job a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So being good at that is very important. And then the communication aspect of, owning up to, I don't know where this is. I do not know where the fire's at Mm -hmm. and I'm not knocking it down. So him having the tick there was super helpful. It validated everything that I was 
thinking because I was feeling crazy in there. Like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Yeah. And, you know, I'm pretty, pretty hard on myself, especially after big calls and I question a lot of things. But <clears throat> after that, I'm like, okay, it, was, it validated everything. You know, in a few nights, I'll sleep on this. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, I think the communication went really well with me and Herit. Todd was working his ass off. You know, he had, he was doing an extended inch and three quarter, having to make another bundle for the second line, mm-hmm. tying in with 73 for water supply. Like he was busting his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, he killed it. I forgot to ask, how did he extend that bumper? Or... No, he, uh, so I pulled my line, my initial line off of the officer side uh-huh. and he pulled the bundle off of the driver's side Okay, and just took cool. 50 feet and connected it, left the bundle connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, when 73 came, he just tied it back in. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. Nice man. Well, like I said earlier, I really appreciate you coming out and chatting about this. Um, uh, I think having these conversations is super valuable. And yeah, very important. Very important, and we got to keep having them with everybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, before I let you go, I have a couple questions for you. Absolutely. What's been your favorite part of the job so far? <clears throat> Ooh. Favorite part of the job... I'd say the people I work with for sure, because they will make or break you coming to work happy or pissed. Mm -hmm. And I've been really lucky over the last four years, you know, spent three years at 76 and then I'm coming, just finished a year at 72. Like these last four years have been the best, like a loud firehouse is a happy firehouse. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if there's, if you're not giving each other shit, like if it's, if you're laughing, if it's loud, you're training, running good calls and doing a good job. Like that's the best part I think. And Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we have those, we have those calls where you, you do feel like you make a difference. Um, you know, some of the EMS calls we go on, okay, like we took someone to the hospital with abdominal pain. Like I'm not leaving work feeling fulfilled on that. But you know, when you pull someone out of a gnarly wreck or you crush it on a fire with, with your boys, like Mm -hmm. that's the best job. Like the ride back to the station, I think after doing a really good job is the best. Sweaty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the best feeling. Uh And I think that's probably my favorite part is just the people. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. It's, uh, and you know what, man, like, I think we're, I think a lot of fire departments are this way, but we're in a pretty special place as far as the people we have. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I am, my view of things is different from like, I mean, from Joe's view here, your view from Mm -hmm. Bob's view and so on. But, uh, to have three three separate fire departments, three separate agencies merged together in a matter of years and forever and to, for the most part, be able to fucking get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, I look at like this crew, like we have legacy, like Stevens, we got 
a new person. We got District 7. Yeah. Like, it's it's pretty cool, and everybody loves each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with a bunch of really special people. And that's what's kind of crazy is that, like, I think about it, and it's like, oh, we're pretty awesome. But then that's not just us. Yeah. The fire service as a whole is a pretty special career path that, God, whatever. I mean, people have said it, but like, <laughs> whatever you put into this place, you're going to get back yeah. tenfold. <clears throat> yeah, there's not a lot of bad people here. No. It's amazing. There's a lot of good people here. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to come to work dreading it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last question I have for you is, it's kind of a hard one for like, maybe it is for you, I don't know. For me, it's a, a little bit harder to think about. But in uh, your time in the fire service, you've seen a little bit of change now. Uh, we're going through some change. That's for damn sure. But if you could give us mm-hmm. a piece of advice, what would it be? Who? Um... Take care of yourself. Uh, take care of yourself in, physically. In light of recent yeah. <laughs> life events. <laughs> yes. Uh, take care of yourself physically and just as importantly, uh, mentally as well. Um, I think that we need to do a better job as fire service as a whole and having those hard conversations after a bad call or just as simple as sending a text or a call and just checking up on your guys and your gals and making sure they're good. Like if you have a, a probie who has no experience and they go on their first code, like shoot them a text after the, after the rotation. Hey, how are you doing? Like that was your first dead person you've ever seen in your life. Like mm-hmm. how, how are you feeling? How are you handling it? What are you doing to make sure you're going to be okay? Um, little things like that. Like when we lost Marcus a couple years ago and we went mm-hmm. through all that shit, like people definitely stepped up and they, they reached out. Um, I was part of the, the six that, that brought him down. And, you know, having senior guys like Greg Oaks, guys been here for 30 years who probably went through a time in his career where it was just rub some dirt on it, kid, brush Mm -hmm. it off, like get ready for the next one. Like to have him shoot me a call and just check on us means a ton. And I think that everyone has a responsibility to do that. Um, It's okay to go to counseling and talk Mm -hmm. about your feelings, like get shit off your chest because that's the only way you're going to be able to move forward after some things. Um, I think that's probably the biggest piece of advice. Like, cause I just don't think it's talked about enough and it is an important piece of me. And if I can pass it on to new members as well of like, Hey, it is okay to go through bad stuff mm-hmm. and then go get help. Like, even if it wasn't the most gnarly thing you went through and you still need to go talk to someone, go talk to someone that's going to it's going to elongate your career and Mm -hmm. it's just going to, you know, it's going to alleviate you coming home from work after three calls after midnight and not treating your wife like shit or your kids like shit. Like make sure you deal with this stuff because it's not just affecting you. It's how you affect 
everyone else, is how you treat the guys at work, how you treat your family. Like I think that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. So take care of yourself. Long, long answer. Yeah. <clears throat> and so hopefully when we get done with this, you can have a long yeah. retirement and yep. enjoy your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think part of that ties into what you <laughs> talked about earlier, man, of having stuff to do outside of work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think uh, having stuff to get your mind off work is super, super valuable. Like, I admire a bunch of the guys that go and, and teach these four academies a year, and they're, they're gone, and they're, they're grinding. And they're the best instructors in the county. Like, of course, we don't want them to not teach mm-hmm. but also like have something outside too. take care of yourself spend time with your family with your kids go outside work out like all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. go play golf yeah yeah go golf. surfing golf go ride your bike like go do something <laughs> yeah i've took up golf the last two years and if you just admit that you suck you can't get mad at yourself <laughs> <laughs> then it becomes okay yeah you're not i'm not getting paid to do this i can't i shouldn't be mad about this uh-huh. yeah yeah well cool dude i appreciate you sitting down and talking with me absolutely um, thanks for uh having me yeah, I never thought I would be on a podcast in my life. <laughs> well, now you can uh, <laughs> send it to others and share it. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, you get to talk to you in the future again as we continue to have some of these cool calls. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And if anyone has any more questions about this, they can find me. Yeah, find you on the Union app or CrewSense. Yeah, yeah. I think it's super valuable to talk about this shit because just by talking about it, other people are going to learn. And just like I learned from other people and you build mm-hmm. that Rolodex and it may save you one day. So exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks dude. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm.